This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. 60 goals in 228 Liverpool appearances through the early noughties. Emil Heskey was an integral part of Gerard Houllier's Reds. Three years on from retirement and 18 years after making it five for England against Germany, he's opened the lid on his time at Anfield here with the Liverpool Echo. From derby goals, that electric European night against Roma, to being a club record signing at just 22 years of age, all bases are covered. So sit back and unwind as he chats with self-confessed fanboy Joe Rimmer, as well as Theo Squires right here on the Blood Red channel. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So, Emil, we're going to go through a bit of an unorthodox start here because I'm sure fans of our podcast, watchers, viewers of our podcast know <laughs> Joe Rimmer is a very big Emil Heskey fan. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to go in. Who's your boyhood hero? Um, growing up, it was the likes of John Barnes, um, Ian Wright, players like that. Uh, I actually, I, it's weird, I preferred uh, athletics. I preferred sprinting. Uh, yeah, when I was younger. And uh, I was pushed towards cricket because coming from a Caribbean background. Hated the game. Didn't hate the game. I just, you know, when you're an active child and you've got to stand in the field and wait. <laughs> it's just not happening. No, I, I can't deal with cricket. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's, a, it's a good sport. And I think they're getting better now with the 2020. I think it's more action. But when you're just sitting there, when you're batting and bowling, you're all right. But when you have to let everyone else have a go, nah. But when you're playing football or or athletics, it's all action, is it's you, go, go, go. So I preferred athletics, to be honest, uh, Linford Christie. And then um, went to junior school, got given a ball because I was quicker than everyone else. And I was okay with it. So took it from then. And then athletics took a backward seat. <laughs> so what age were you when, when you first took up football? I would say about uh, eight. Yeah, yeah about uh, eight, uh, seven, eight. Uh, and then from nine, I was in the, we called it, they call it Academy now, but it was Centre of Excellence. Yeah, yeah. So back then, um, and it was like, how many kids? There's probably about 50 to 60 kids. And then over the years, they just make it smaller, smaller groups and bring up one or two in. And then by the time you know it, you're 16 and you're playing um, with the youth team. And then you think when you were 16, could you believe you've had the career you've had since then? Uh, yes. <laughs> because you know your own talent and you think, yeah, I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to go and do that. And you see it all before you've actually done it. Um, but again, you've still got to go out there and do it, haven't you? Um, at 16, I was playing first team football for, uh, for Leicester. I was in, uh, it was pre-season. I actually got injured playing for the first team at 16. Um, so that set me back a little bit. But I believed I could have, I, I, I was where I was supposed to be. At 16, at 15, I was playing youth team football under 18s and doing well. The only thing was, um, is the pace sometimes and then the stamina to actually last the full game. Because I went from playing at 15, you'd probably play 30 minutes each way to mm. playing a full, ni- uh, yeah. full 90 minutes. And there's a lot of difference and the pace of it as well. But I got up to speed very quickly. Yeah, well... This is unorthodox, but yesterday was the 18-year anniversary of uh, England 5, Germany 1. Yes. Um, where does that rank among your best moments of your career? Yeah, up there. Definitely up there. It's the one that everyone... I, I can go wherever and you bump into England fans. I could be in the Caribbean. I could be in, in the Asia. I could be anywhere. And that's the game they remember. And everyone seems to remember exactly where they were when, the, when that game yeah, was being yeah. played. 
celebration. Can you tell us a bit more yeah, about that? Yeah, the celebration was all down to DJ Spoonie. And that season I'd obviously done the DJ one, hadn't yeah. I? So that came uh, pretty famous with scoring a few goals. And then um, he, he decided to change it up a little bit and do it. By the way, I don't play golf. <laughs> <laughs> so it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that one uh, that one came out and it was just an iconic one, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Even, even kids, remembers. even little kids know it now as well, but obviously they've just seen it on television. But yeah, even little kids know it. It's a nice way of like summing up that that game with it being the fifth goal. It just seemed to work really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You think it's it, just sunk them. Yeah. Michael gets the hat trick, but that's the memory, isn't it? Emil uh, doing the goal. Celebration. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do remember that, and you know, sometimes I forget I even did it. Like, you know, with, <laughs> oh yeah, you did that with celebration. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, you're right. I was remember the the was the echo headline the next day was Liverpool five yeah. Germany one, <laughs> and uh, you know like. It, it was just such an extraordinary time for Liverpool to have three players like that in, in the England team. Well, we we had we had more than more than three, course, yeah, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a good time. We had good young players. Nick Palmby played in that game. He would yeah. say that he scored the first goal because it could have nicked. Him. <laughs> I'm not saying that right myself, but you know, um, he could have said that he scored. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a good time to be in the Liverpool dressing room. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, people who are listening to this, they might not know why we're talking about Germany early on. Uh, it's because you've got an Osborne mm-hmm. coming out, named it Even Heskey scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, why now after so long? It's a strange one as well, because I, I've looked at people doing books and I'm like, I never thought I'd do a book, if I'm honest with you. I never thought I could. I never, th- it's a weird one to say, but I never thought people would want to hear what I've got to say. That's just me personally mm-hmm. thinking that. Um but then hearing what pe- hearing people saying, well, when you're bringing a book out, when he just bought a book out, when you're bringing a book out, and I see people with five and six books, or and they and they're younger than me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I just thought, let me have a go. Someone came to me and says, oh, why don't you bring a book out? I can I can do your book. I did this book. I did the rice for sales. I did this person's, Dean L. Rich, um, uh, and he's from the same. We went to the same junior school. He's a few years younger than me, but we grew up around the same area, so mm. he knows. Mm-hmm. people that I know mm-hmm. so he asked me if, I, if I'd if i be interested sat down with him and it's weird because it, it, it kind of felt therapeutic to get everything out not just the good things but everything mm-hmm. you know so yeah it was it just came out of that really and uh, I'm glad I got it done the title of the book even Heskey mm-hmm. scored mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a joke on on a running perhaps chance and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, you've always handled criticism quite well mm-hmm. I've always felt and but there must have been times in your career where you must have got sick of it. You mustn't have wanted to deal with it as well as you did. Um, there's always times like that, isn't there? Um, I, uh, you know, I sit, I sit down with players. Um, I'll give you an example. I was in Australia and I, I would have been 30, 34 at the time. So I'd been through a lot. Mm. And a lad, and everyone was telling me that this lad is amazing. He came from out of the, uh, so we call it as uh, Lily Shaw, so the England yeah, yeah, settled. Yeah. But the, the Australian one, okay. um, and he was highly regarded, young lad, um, and he wasn't playing well. He was doing okay in training, but you know, someone's mind just wandering. And apparently, he was getting a load of stick. But it's it's a modern day stick. It's all on yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I didn't get it myself. I just said, "Well, why don't you just turn take, turn it off?" <laughs> <laughs> Simple to me. But he couldn't get himself out of that mm-hmm. thing. So I have to sit down with them, explain to them and talk to them. And I figured that out myself. 
and it wasn't easy at times, you know, being criticised all the time. Um, coming back uh, at, was I 30? To the England setup, mm-hmm. um, with the, to the newspaper headlines, oh no, not him again. <laughs> that's not going out to, that's not going out to a few people, is it? That's yeah. going out to everyone. Yeah. So, you know, you've just got to separate yourself from that and be and be at the end of the day, who you, who you're playing for? You're playing for yourself. You're playing for your players and you're playing for your manager. Yes, you're playing for the fans as well, mm-hmm. but they're the ones who pick the team. They're the ones who who and generally with myself. I don't think there's many players who've got a bad word to say about the way that I perform or the way that I even train or anything, or I don't do anything. So you take that as a positive rather than taking someone who's had a bad day who can write whatever they want. Yeah. What do you think about social media now? I mean, it's tough. I, I know you're on it, but it's just a crazy different it's, it's, level, isn't it? Yeah, it's tough. Um, there's no accountability on social media. Social media. You can. You can. And the thing is. Uh, with newspapers, you don't really have access to me or my family or anything. But with social media, you have access twenty four seven to someone. Yeah, you can just send them a message. You're having a bad day, or you're doing whatever you're doing, and you yeah. think it's a joke. But they might not necessarily take yeah. it as a joke. Um, you can say whatever you want. I, I say football. The football industry is uh, an in, an industry that. Um, once you come out of that, you cannot take that same mindset into mm. another industry. You can't take them jokes. You can't no, take no, that no. camaraderie. You can't take yeah. it in somewhere else because it, it's just totally different to itself. But with social media, it just like I said, it, they're getting better. But I didn't feel that they. I didn't feel they uh, thought that it was going to go this far. Mm. It's a free for all, mm-hmm. and they're starting to clamp it down a little bit more now. But. Before, it was a free-for-all. You could say whatever you want about anyone and yeah. with no consequences. Yeah. And with uh, social media as well, as a footballer, you're not really able to respond if you get a bit of stick, are you? You've always got to be the, the bigger person, haven't you? And it takes a big person to be the bigger person because <laughs> you know you want to you want to retaliate and you can't. Um, like I said, you can say whatever you want to me with no comeback. And if I do come back, I'm the one who's going to be fine because I've got yeah. to be the bigger person. But I've only I've only said back to what you've actually said. So what are you going to do about them? But it's not necessarily about them because again, you've got to be the bigger person, and that's the toughest part of being on social media with as a player. There's so so many stipulations on you, but none on anyone else. I suppose that helps. With, I suppose you get your book out because now you can have your say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For my book, it was just it was it was more for myself to be honest with you. Like I said, um, dealing with certain things during my career mm-hmm. that might not necessarily look like. I was dealing with it, but I was. Mm-hmm. Um, even moving from Leicester, I've put it in my book, moving from Leicester to Liverpool was tough. Um, it looked great and it went great, but I had only just moved out of my parents' house. So, and I'm pretty much underneath my mum's and dad's banner. And then you're going away and you just, you're going. Yeah. It's only down the road, but it was tough for me. Yeah. And I was, I, if I could train all day, I'd have been fine. But it was just them times where you, you train for two hours, three hours, and then you've got to go mm. and face everything else. And it was it was tough. Footballers have to grow up fast, don't they? Because that's the thing. You do things that such an I think I think of a twenty two year old me, and it's I so much kids. different at that age. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I had two, I had two kids as well. So nothing like kids to make you grow up fast, though, is it? I had to. Yeah, I had to yeah. grow up very, very, very fast. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, I was a kid having kids, and I wasn't. In a in football environment's not a great environment anyway. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, again you got to grow very 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 quick uh, bringing it back to the book uh, I think it's quite funny that um, your career has been so entwined with Mike Lowen mm -hmm. and you've got books out within two weeks of each other I didn't know that he just <laughs> out. I just saw it on his uh, Instagram so, so uh, yeah, uh, give us a bit more insight into that partnership because I believe you said before um, it wasn't really something that you worked on you just clicked straight he away he clicked straight away um, he, he, Michael played uh, came to our under 18 so Michael was two, Michael was two years on, younger than me so Mike, you can imagine that coming mm. as a 16 year old into our 18s that's how good Michael was and everything just worked. I'm a player that um, understands other people and I try and work and and fit a mould. Mm -hmm. And I was good at that from, from a young age. Um, so we struck a partnership. It was it just clicked from then. Um, we understood what each other wanted. Yes, we worked on it at Liverpool, but when you're in the national team, you're going for a, a select amount of time. So you haven't really got loads of time to work on things. But it just went, it just clicked. To the point where the first tournament that we went to um, it was me and Michael up front, uh, under 18s tournament, Euros. Uh, France had, uh, all the, you can name them, Thierry Henry, Anelka, yeah. all of them. And that, the manager was Julien. <laughs> um, so he's seen us playing mm -hmm. together, how we played. And obviously when he's gone to Liverpool, he's looked at it and says, well, I need him to play. So that, that's I think that's how that all came about. But we just it just clicked so well, and we took it on to twenty ones. We only played one game together, and I think we scored. Uh, I, I think he scored two, and I scored two, or, or mm -hmm. something like that. And then he went obviously shoot shot, shot up to the first team. Mm -hmm. But then and then obviously playing with with him with Liverpool, it just went from strength to strength. We just had a, you know, the, that instinct that we know what we each other mm -hmm. what each other's going to do and, what, and each other's strengths, and you and it worked. Was it more than just a partnership? Was it friendship off the pitch? Itself? Friendship off the pitch, but it wasn't a friendship off the pitch where we'd go around each other's yeah, houses yeah. and stuff like that. It was just, it, 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 we knew, it's weird. It's, you know, when you've got that feeling that yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that it's good and you know what each other's going to do. He, If he's going to leave the ball, I know he's going to leave the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to get myself in yeah. a position to accept the ball and play it back to him. And I know what he's going to do after that. That's how it worked. I think we saw it with... Um, Colin, Colin York, mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, but we'd, we'd had that from when I was 18, yeah. so up until when I finished. I suppose you can relate that then to the current Liverpool front three. They just yeah. click. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, all right, then he's out here, but the other one's going to be in there and he's going to, and mm -hmm. they cover each other and mm -hmm. they move around. They know where each other's going to, they know as soon as, as soon as one, as soon as Firmino gets the ball and he turns, the others have made their yeah. runs already. They know what's, they know what's coming. Yeah. And they know that he's going to find them. So, yeah. Do you, feel like, do you feel like football's changed in the sense that you look at a player like Firmino now and a forward like Firmino, he's not a forward in the most traditional sense, but he doesn't need to score 20 goals a season to be appreciated. Do you think football has changed and that the fans have got different expectations mm -hmm. of types of players? I think so. I think so. I think um, I was before my time, wasn't I? We <laughs> <laughs> <He> said that. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think fans are looking at it differently now and saying, okay, what 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 do we stand for? What do we play? How do we play? Um, what does he bring to the team? Okay, he brings this and this. As long as they're getting runners and yeah. as long as they're getting goals, because inevitably with the Liverpool, um, they're coming. The goals are coming from the wingers, mm -hmm. but without Firmino there to actually link it and be that that last little cog. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna. It, it breaks down a lot. Yeah. So I think fans are understanding that, and uh, you know, even even I, I watched um, Villa, mm -hmm. and uh, they got lad Wesley 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 yeah. up front. Mm -hmm. I think it was the Spurs game. Um, they were camped outside their box, um, and they're just booting the ball up to him, and he can't get hold of it. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, and the ball's co- keeps coming back, keeps mm-hmm. coming back. That's where you need to be strong. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to play that way, you need a you need a centre forward that's going to bring the ball down, hold it off by a foul, so you can keep moving up and making yeah, them yeah, yards. Yeah. Um, he's I think he's figured that out a little bit more now, and they're playing to his strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think the fans understand that as well. He's not going to get, he might not get you 15, 20 goals, but he's gonna he's gonna be an important part to the way that you're going to have to play. Yeah, because you're going to have to be defending quite a bit. So when you first arrived at Liverpool then, £11 million, it's it's a record fee for the club. Mm-hmm. How much pressure did that bring? And then when you walk in, you've got Owen, you've got Fowler, um, players who score so many goals. What was that like as a player? It didn't bother me. No. no. <laughs> um, I'd been around, obviously I'd been around the national team, so I'd, I knew these players. I'd, play, I'd trained with them, I'd played with them and everything, um, with the first team as well, I'd been around. So... Um, I knew where I fitted. I know my game. I knew what I was good at. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm not going to score you 20, 25 goals. I did get in the first yeah, season, okay. but I wasn't going to score that on a regular basis. But I'll be, I'll be a provider. I'll be a link player and everything. So I didn't really. It, the the fee had nothing to do with me. Mm. So the fee was the fee. It could have been five million. Yeah. It, it, people would have still been looking at yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. So the fee was going to be whatever it was. Um, so I, I I couldn't change that. It had nothing to do with me. So I just got on with what I wanted to do. And I just wanted to go out there and play. Yeah. And like I say in my book, um, the playing side was the easiest part. I didn't find that hard at all. Yeah. It was uh, it was everything else that was hard. Yeah. What did Gerard Julio say to you? What was he like when you were around? He was, he was brilliant. because uh, Gerard is great because he takes a lot of the pressure off the players. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's my fault. Maybe, maybe um, um, uh, positional-wise or whatever... Mm-hmm. Personnel, it's my fault. I should have done this. Where really and truly, he wants to have a go at you. Yeah. But he took a lot of pressure off you that yeah. way and take the pressure onto him. Because yeah. again, some players can't deal with that pressure of being criticised mm. um, um, and being told this and told that, and especially by people that are not necessarily managers. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they are people that have watched football and they they're experts. Mm-hmm. But they haven't been in the system where. Uh, uh, funniest thing uh, can I say about Stan's podcast? I can say about Stan's. Yeah, podcast. of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I was listening to Stan's podcast about um, uh, with Gary Neville, and mm. he talks openly about his um, time at uh, Valencia and how he lost his. Um, didn't lose his mojo, but he just he just you know nothing really went well for him, mm. and the pressure just got to him, uh, and you lose your confidence, um, and that's obviously down to having media on your back having, yeah. and being in a different country. So uh, you've got to be able to deal with them pressures and, and, and go out there and, and be willing to stick to what you know is right for you mm-hmm. rather than changing your game and think, oh, well, he said that. And I've been in a situation with an England manager. <laughs> We've trained all week on a certain formation and a certain personnel. We get to Friday Media's put out what they think on Thursday, Friday, sorry, and uh, and everything, and what the team should be, because you know, we've changed the team <laughs> to that team. <laughs> so well, what's the point in you? What's the point in you being manager if you're gonna? You might as well just let them manage. Yeah. And I've I've been in that situation. Yeah, you've always seemed like a player who's actually quite good at handling the pressure. I suppose that's the criticism. I'm not, I'm not saying quite good at handling the pressure. You, you, you've got no choice. Yeah. So it's a case of you either sink or swim. So and I wasn't gonna. I, I I'd come a long, long way to to allow someone to to dictate to me how I uh, play my game and how I deal with certain things. So 
you say good at dealing with pressure. Yes, I was good at dealing with pressure, but that doesn't mean that it didn't. It wasn't hard at times. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I, I just learned to deal with. I don't know. And then with criticism as well, that prepares you for it, I suppose, because yeah. you know they're going to say whatever they want to say. And that was a, a lot. A lot of the time with um, with with that, like um, I think it's Baldini, England. Oh, come and do the media. Come and do. It. Well, what's the point? They're going to say this. Let them say this, and and I've not wasted thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Batting back all this. Let them say what they're going to say. No, you've got to do it. And then you go and do it and they still say that. And you think, well, there you go. I've wasted 30 minutes of my life. Could have been playing PlayStation or whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, just taking it back a little bit. Was it was it true that Roy Evans tried to sign you at Liverpool or, or made inquiries about you? Uh, He's come out and said that he, the interest like predates Julio, that he was there wanting you as well. Yes. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, uh, we played in a... I think it was under 18s. Yeah. But it was, I would have been about 16, 17. Um, uh, we played in a, a tournament in Kiel, Kiel University. Every year they, they used to do the, the tournament there and I played against Liverpool there. And and from since then, there was a little bit of a, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, there was a few clubs as well. Yeah. But any, that, yeah, that one. Any others you can name? A Blackburn yeah. at the time. That was the going back years. That was, yeah. I would have been 16, 17 at the time. Uh, and, and Tottenham were interested, Villa were interested. Um, Doug, Doug Ellis was RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was in, he was interested. I was, uh, he was really close to Peter Taylor. And uh, they were asking if I would be interested in going, but I kind of set my mind on Liverpool. Yeah. So it was a case of, no. <laughs> Was that just a prolonged interest as well, or the fact that it's a Liverpool football club? It was Liverpool. I, I, I was a Liverpool fan. So it was a case of when you get that sort of interest, you're like, oh, no one else really matters, do they? It's insignificant. So. What's it like to be involved in a transfer like that? Because it was very high profile. It was, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Um, very weird. I remember I, I was sponsored, I think, I can't remember, I think it was Puma at the time. Mm. I'd be. Gutted if it wasn't, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Puma at the time. So, obviously, I'm I'm 22. I've I've yeah. been at Leicester all this time. I've, I've, I, that's all I know. I don't know about transfers. I don't know about mm. anything. So I've turned up in my Puma gear um, to sign for the press conference and to sign a deal and everything. Um, did that and got criticised for not wearing a suit. Okay. But what difference does it make? I still signed. <laughs> I still done that. I still answered all your questions. But it was little things like that. Just I just found, just there was no need for half of the stuff that was said half of the time. And it was a weird time for the transfer to go through because obviously it predates the windows. Yeah, it was yeah like March. March wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Was that just because after the League Cup final we were involved? In yeah, that? yeah. After the League Cup final and, and and Liverpool were actually pushing to get trying to get into the Champions League, which mm. we didn't in the end. We lost to um, well, I don't, don't think that really mattered to be honest. But we lost to Bradford in the last game of the season. Um, Lee, I think Leeds got through in then, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but again, you know, we went into the uh, what is Europa League now and won it. Mm. So. Yeah, everything just fell into place. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Looking at you signing, whenever the club sign a player now, there's always this frenzy for the Melwood lean. Well, I I think you invented that because if you look at those pictures of you signing, you're leaning on the goalpost. Yeah. And that's really now only something you see in the pictures the last 10 years. Uh So is that something you can claim? I'll state claim to it, um, (laughs) to be honest with you. I don't know if it was me, but I will. I'm, I'm taking it from you that it was me and I'm a trendsetter. Another case of you being ahead of your time. Oh, exactly. Another case. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what was what was Julio like to, to play for then? Are you still in touch with him now? Yeah, I speak to, to yeah. Gerard uh, every now and again. He's actually done the foreword for my book. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I speak to him every now and again, see him at, at functions, especially like with the... Uh, I went to the World Cup mm-hmm. and he was in, in the lounges in there, see him every now and again. So, yeah, he, he, he's good. He was great for me. Um for myself, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I can deal with that sort of pl- manager that just absolutely hammers you and mm. keeps you on your toes and all that. But you get more from me putting an arm around me, and, and I think he noticed that, and, and that was what he did all the time. So he was brilliant for me. Um, but again, uh, Martin O'Neill was the same. But Martin, Martin could put you in your place very, very quickly. Yeah. Didn't care about it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, some players needed it, and yeah. you know um, it worked. So um, as long as you get the players to 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 work on your schedule and to work to the way that you want them to play and you uh, and the intensity that you want from them, why not? And you were Gerard's uh, go-to player, I suppose, in the travel season, starting all the major mm-hmm. finals and mm-hmm. best season of your career. Oh yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, it's weird though because. Um, people asking me about that season, and we played. I think I think we played sixty something games that season. I think I played fifteen. I think Carrot played the most, sixty-two yeah. or sixty-three games. I think I played fifty-eight, fifty-nine games. And people ask me, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I can name, I can talk to them about most of the games, but the the UEFA Cup final, I I don't really remember much about it. <laughs> Honestly, it was just. Uh, I look, but I had to watch it back and stuff like that. So you, you mm-hmm. know, it's a roller coaster. But I, I just running on adrenaline, sort of totally. I can't remember much about it. To be honest. What's that? So playing that many games, I mean, it feels like footballers play a lot of games now. Mm-hmm. But, but it, that must take its toll on your yeah. body by the end yeah, of the yeah, season. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go with England. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. <laughs> and they play another however many games, or maybe two games, and then you finish three weeks, four weeks later than everyone else, and you're back in again. Yeah. Um, which is tough year on year but it's more of a mental thing you f- you mentally think that you need to just switch off and just go into just just basically idle doing nothing mm. and sometimes you do just for your own peace of mind but so I know players that do it just go around year and year well you look at Messi and play people like that and he's still doing it so um, it's more of a mental thing than an actual physical I think Carragher told the story before that season or it was around that season we said that in the dressing room Julio asked which trophy was the most was the most important to them and I think all the British players said that the FA Cup mm-hmm. and the, the foreign players said UEFA Cup is that is that true and, yeah. and is that something that you were yeah I, I, yeah exactly we 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 cherish the FA Cup more than yeah. anything else to be honest with you winning that because I think when you go back to us growing up that's the that's that's the one that gets played on the television yeah, all yeah, the time isn't it yeah. you don't get to see uh, unless you're going to actual matches we're lucky now we can see whatever match you want um well whichever one that they're playing live yeah. on sky or or others um so yeah um so yeah but years ago it was yeah. only it was only FA Cup that was getting yeah. shown, wasn't it? Yeah. And then you see the giant killing and you see and all yeah. that. It's great the way they yeah. hype it up and build it up. Then you see people lifting the cup and you're thinking, oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. So that was, for English players, that was the main thing. Yeah. yeah. And you, Sorry, you had an affinity with the League <laughs> Cup as well. You won that a few times. Yeah, it was a weird one. That's another weird one. Won it twice uh, with Leicester. Yeah. Um, three cup finals with Leicester in four years. Yeah. We were supposed to be relegated in that first yeah, year. Yeah. And we won the League Cup and finished top half of the table, which was amazing. Yeah. And then we just went on strength to strength with that. And it, 
in that time it was it uh, it wasn't as uh, fought after as it is now. Yeah. Um, back then, the 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 top teams all played their second yeah. string, didn't they? Um, but we we were going out. We wanted a trophy, so yeah. we were going out. But now everyone's talking about trophies. Yeah, yeah. You know, City are trying to win it yeah, yeah, year on yeah. year, and I think Aguero's got five of them now yeah, already. Yeah. Uh, I think Vinny Company's got four. Yeah, yeah. I've got four, yeah. six finals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 it, we yeah I did have that affiliation with. Cool. I was going to say the way the games changed like like you said back then you wanted to win the FA Cup oh, yeah, yeah. and if the team was in that scenario now they'd probably focus qualifying for the Champions League yeah I don't I don't I've seen it with Leicester as well you know I don't necessarily buy into that because as well I think players are fitter now so I, I, I that's just me personally thinking that I think players are you look at their fitter and healthier they eat better their they diet's down to a T and everything so in essence they could play every game if needs be um, so, so concentrating on that, I just think it's just mental. You're, you're, you're mentally putting the players in a different place. Well, I don't think we need to play on that. No, you need to play every game. You need to concentrate for every game. And uh, they're saying, oh, there's too many games. We play 60-something games. Mm. But lads were still at it and going for it. Mm. You know, Jamie Carragher played 62 games in one season. That's two seasons. <laughs> That's only two seasons. <laughs> you talk about players being fitter. Julio is generally thought of as bringing about a change in culture at Liverpool. Um, what was that? What was he like, Julio, in, in terms of that sort of side of the game? And, and do you still think we're feeling the effects of that now? Yeah, he was great for that, to be honest with you. I don't know too much about what what, what it was like before mm-hmm. at Liverpool, but obviously I know what it's like at, um, at, uh, at Leicester. And um, we, we at Leicester would, would more concentrate on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we'd go into a, um, we, we wouldn't really have meetings and stuff like talking about this player or that player, blah, blah, blah. We know about them, you should know about them. So what we're we going to do, we're going to concentrate on ourselves, our set pieces, our this, our that. Then going to, to come into Liverpool and sit in a meeting for, for an hour and a half, talking about every single player in pitch black. So half the time I was asleep, <laughs> especially in the first month or so. You're just like, yeah, yeah. And then you're like nodding off. But then you're just getting... I always say about um, about Gerald, he taught me about football. Where um, uh, Martin O'Neill gave me the freedom to just go and express yeah. and just play. But he actually taught me about football, understanding the, the, the finer details about football. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at um, your time at Liverpool alongside Gerrard's, um, I suppose it's there's that changing point, isn't there, in the 2001-2002 season where he has the heart attack. What was that like in the dressing room? That was, a strange, that was a strange... I was I actually was injured I came off injured um, and I'm sat there I think I'd done my hamstring or something um, I was sat there on the on the treatment table and Gerald's come in and said he's, so I'm sat, I'm lying there on the treatment table and he's come over to me and said oh come over and he said doc I don't feel too well blah, blah, blah. And, I'm like, and I'm thinking I just got up he goes no no you sit down I said no you get you sit down so I, and then the doc goes oh Emil you gotta go the next minute he's rushed to the hospital so it was just, it was weird. It was just so, but it happened so quickly. You know, um, one minute he's out there screaming at us and the next minute he's on his way to the hospital. So we didn't know what was what had gone on or what was going on. Was that hard to just put aside and carry on playing for the, the next I think few Phil, months? I think Phil, uh, Phil did really well. Phil Thompson did really well because he tried to keep everything pretty much the same because we, Gerard had a, a certain way of doing meetings and stuff like that. Mm. So, draw back the thingy this is the team this is what I need you these are the positives and blah blah this is what and then these are things you're not supposed to do mm-hmm. oh, this is their team mm-hmm. and 
you know he'd, he'd just go through everything and and Phil just kept everything the same mm-hmm. training he kept everything the same um uh, uh Sammy Lee took a lot of the training and everything um so yeah we just he just kept everything pretty much the same and it kind of worked didn't it mm-hmm. And then the highlight of that season, I suppose, one of them was when he came back. He scored against Roma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we knew what we had to do. Um, it was great to have him back in our corner. Um, we didn't know if it was going to be the same person as, as such, but we had to go out there and try and perform for him and, and win that game, and we did. What was that like when he walked back into the dressing room for the first time? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. A surprise for you, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. You know, to see he, he is the man that. The players loved and everything, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not saying that they, did, they didn't love any other coaches or anything, but he was the reason behind a lot of the players. So, um, you know, and, and the reason that even now a lot of them are looking at possibly going into management and even mm-hmm. coaching and stuff like that, you know. So, um, yeah, it was great to have him back and it was just an amazing surprise for us and we just felt we had to. Yeah. After that, was there a change in him from the heart attack, can you tell? Yeah, I think... I think it, it, I think it took a lot out of him, to be honest with you. And 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 I'm guessing you'd be scared when when stuff like that happens. So you just got to be careful. You you take a a bigger step back and everything. And um, I'm not saying he, he he wasn't as enthusiastic, but you could imagine that it, it would have been tough for him to to be coming back and being all irate and agitated, and never knowing if that's going to happen again. So yeah, just touching back on that Roma game. What what was it like to play in and score? what was the winner and because for people of my age group that felt like a modern the first modern day Anfield night mm-hmm. before before the Chelsea's and the, the you know the Dortmunds yeah. recently and other games like that it was the first modern Anfield night the thing is it the 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 European nights seem to be crazy mm. the the atmosphere mm. everything that goes around it and then you have then you have the the manager yeah, coming yeah. back and so the hoo-ha behind that and then you go and score and Oh, it's just—it was just amazing, you know. And uh, like you're saying, I don't know if it's the first, but it—you it, know—the—the—the the, the noise you get from that crowd, and it just seems like it pumps. I don't know if they put it through the speakers or what. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but it just makes you feel, you know, like they're pumping, getting you pumped even more. What's it like walking off the pitch? Having scored that goal, oh, you must, yeah, yeah. do you sleep that night? I don't sleep great in most, most <laughs> nights, to be honest, especially after games. But yeah, it was nah. I wouldn't have slept that night. It was just yeah, you know. And, and I got the, I've got the, the shirt up in my house. Well, yeah. I did have a shirt up in my house, so yeah. um, so it's a reminder of them and wonderful nights. And for a whole generation of Liverpool fans, that was the first taste of the European Cup, mm-hmm. the Champions League. Mm-hmm. That makes it even more special. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was. It was just a special evening. Everything that everything that accumulated to that was just made it. That just tipped it over and just made it even extra special. Do you think you could have won it that year? I thought we was gonna, mm. um, because we'd gone so well the season mm. before, mm. and <laughs> we had the way of playing, mm. and it worked for us. Be compact away from home. Don't get beat. If you concede, that's fine, but just don't get beat. You mm. will score. Mm-hmm. And to bring them back home, knowing that we're going to beat them, mm-hmm. whoever it was, mm-hmm. who we beat Barcelona, all these teams, we didn't care, and uh, we were confident, mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, why didn't it happen in the league, and why? Why do you think Liverpool fell short? I don't know. That's a, that's a, the thing is consistency with the league. Consistency is a key, a key thing. You know, um, we'd go and beat Man United, but then go and uh, draw with a with a mm-hmm. lesser side, and you just can't do that. You know, you need that consistency to go on. Uh, and, 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 and Man United was a team, even Arsenal as well, 
were teams that um, they win ugly. Mm-hmm. They could have a bad game, but they're going to win 1-0. Mm-hmm. They fat, fight, they scrap. I'm not saying that we weren't doing that. We just, we didn't, we just didn't have that, uh, that final bit that just said, all right, then we're, we're at this place where now, yeah, we can, we can have a bad day, but we're, we're, mm-hmm. gonna, we're still going to win this game. No, we'd draw or we'd lose. So um, we just didn't have that, that little bit over the, over the period of a 10-month season or whatever it is, you know. So it was tough. We we come second, but we'll still quite well be in, in the second. But you know, that was one uh, one of those things that you say, oh, you you regret, you know, not winning the the Premier League. And your biggest regret? I'd say biggest regret, but one of the one of the regrets, biggest regrets. Um, I left Liverpool, and then uh, they win the Champions League. We're going to come to that. Don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, was, is it just sometimes a case of that season you say you're well beaten into second but Arsenal were just brilliant that brilliant, season and, brilliant unbelievable and sometimes you're a good side but you're just almost like the Liverpool team now playing in an era when there's another great side yeah exactly and um, like I said they, they they could have a bad game but they know they're going to win that game they know they've got the battlers and, and everything if they win 1-0 they don't care they're winning mm. they're doing everything to win that game and that was that was them um, and Arsenal and then um, you're looking at the transfers. I remember Carragher said um, that you could have new signing in the training session and they'd be written off there after that first session. I think El Adjective is probably the obvious example there. Um, well, Liverpool have gone from having you, Mike Lowen, Robbie Fowler, Yari Littman and Nicholas Anelka. Mm-hmm. And then the competition wasn't quite there. I think, yeah, I think, I think with Nico, I think um, we, 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 dropped the ball, we dropped the ball a little bit with that one, you know, um, not, not signing him. I think that was a huge one not to, 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 not to even take up. Um, he'd done well. He'd come mm. in and done well, so we knew what we had. We knew what we were getting, and not to take him up was a was a really big mistake. Um, with the other ones, um, again, again coming into Liverpool, I was lucky enough to have been uh, in and around English football and everything, so I knew understood what what it took to even when you're going into a transfer, especially being a, a bigger club, you got to hit that ground running. If you don't mm. hit the ground running, it could be a long year for you. And some of the foreign lads not don't necessarily understand that. Mm-hmm. They think it's going to be easy, especially coming into a British football. Back then, you could tackle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you got lads coming coming as forwards, thinking that no one's going to. And then you go bang, someone's taking them out from behind, and everything. And then then that gets some getting used to as well. And uh, again, is. It's down to when you when you when you make a transfer. Generally, you want to bring in someone that's better than what you had before, and we never quite managed to achieve that. Was that the problem at that time? What what do you think was behind that couple of years that we just saw Liverpool decline a bit? Um, when you say decline, I think I think um, again that other the other teams were getting more sustainable and more uh, competitive, and and over over a course of a season. Um, and we probably had players that needed a year to bed in, mm-hmm. and you don't have at the bigger clubs. You don't really have a year to bed in. Mm-hmm. You got to be year to bed in at the smaller clubs. Yeah, mm-hmm. bigger clubs they need they need you to hit the ground running straight away, and that was tough. Um, um, even for myself, if it hadn't gone, if I hadn't done well in the first ten games or whatever it was, how would it have gone? You know, mentally. But uh, but. You know, coming from abroad and doing that is very tough, and we 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 didn't have the players to, that that hit the ground running, and it was difficult. Mm-hmm. 
just a list of those strikers, it's just struck me that they've all got what World Cups, European Championships, Champions Leagues, mm-hmm. Premier League titles. <laughs> those striking sessions, they must have been a hell fun. Yeah, they were actually. Robbie Fowler was great. Um, you know, coming from, um, no disrespect, coming from Leicester and then going to, to, to Liverpool and watching them train and watching him finish, you know, every every shot was bang, hitting the back and hitting the side netting, hitting the side netting here. But not just left foot, his right foot as well. You're like, oh, wow. So then that made you step up your game and try and do the same thing. But he's, his precision was amazing. It was second to none. You are all quite different, weren't you? Especially, yeah. I'm thinking at the time when Lippmann was there, there was yourself, Lippmann and Owen and Fowler. Mm-hmm. All very, very different qualities. But it, it helps as well yeah. because you're not all the same. So yeah. when you needed to change your game, mm. right, you come off, you're going on. Yeah. Do, you're going to do your bit. As, as uh, you see in the UEFA Cup final, mm. um, Robbie comes on the scores. Yeah. This was something different. You know, mm. They didn't know what to do, didn't know to, how to handle him. Mm. So it was good that we gave each other competition, but the competition in different ways. Mm. And it helped for different games as well. And that, that's that experience there as well. Like you and Michael have grown up, you've seen mm-hmm. Robbie and Yari win Champions League, mm-hmm. score all these goals, whereas the current Liverpool team, they're all the same age. Mm-hmm. Gives you something, that inspiration. Well, <coughs> I say that Gary McAllister was, <coughs> in the 2000, 2001 season, Gary, Gary McAllister was instrumental in, especially being a senior pro coming into a, mm-hmm. a younger, I was still 22, yeah. young, coming into a younger dressing room, but taking us under his wing and making sure everything ticked because... Yeah, your head could go down at that, at that sort of age, but he'd keep you going, keep, and Diddy Hamman, keep you going, always praising. Uh, and as a young lad, you don't necessarily want to be knocked all the time. As a senior pro, you can get that, you can take that and just brush it off and go. But as a young lad, he would always keep you going. Diddy was great. Oh, well done, well done, brilliant, brilliant. Even if yeah. it's just, even if you've done nothing, yeah. keep you going. So that mentally just picks you back up and, you know, you want to go again. You mentioned Gary Mack, so I've got to ask. Go he scored in that derby. What was it like when his free kick went in? <laughs> <coughs> to be fair, I'm, I've pulled away to the, the, the edge of the box right on the corner and I'm thinking, yeah, go and hit me. Come on, hit us. Me and Sammy Hippie, come on, hit us. We're going to win this ball, blah, blah. And then he just whips it. And to be fair, I don't think even anyone even saw that. No. Not even any of us either. So I think only he would have seen that. I think there was a free kick just before where... He's actually put it up to us, but he's, I think he saw mm. the, was it Gerard? Yeah, yeah, Paul yeah. Gerard. Yeah. He, I think he's seen him just sneak across a little bit. I think I, that's where I think he saw it and said, no, I'm going to try, I'm going to have a go, I'm going to have a go. And it's only him It's only him who could have executed that, to be honest with you. As a Liverpool fan, that's one of the games that sometimes you just go on YouTube. <laughs> Is there any games that you'd go back that, and watch that, a young... Always an Everton one, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I scored in a couple of those, so that was nice. Um, yeah. yeah, that one is amazing. But just the atmosphere right at the end as well, yeah. right at the death. Um, you know, the, the, they're always tough games. I remember playing in my first uh, derby and <clears throat> not long not long after I'd moved, not just before, um, I played against Everton for Leicester. Mm-hmm. Normal game. Yeah. Done well, <laughs> running around taking people on and all yeah. that. Then I played in this one and I'm thinking, my mentality is thinking this is going to be the same. Yeah. <sighs> Nowhere near. They were possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking you. Oh, it was horrible. People closing you down with more ferocity than yeah. they ever did in, in other games. I'm like, oh, this is, it's a, but you, 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 got, you, you get used to it. So. But that was a time when Liverpool's derby record just turned on its head mm-hmm. because before that, they, they hadn't won a derby in years and then suddenly under Julio they won all of them, yeah. all of them. Yeah. so what was it about 
you, your your team obviously were good at standing up to that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. We were used, but not what. But it wasn't that we were used to that. We were we were ready for that. Mm-hmm. We were ready for that. Um, for to be kicked, and to be pushed, and to uh, you know to to have to stand up to that. And we had the players to do that. To be honest with you, um, I'd come from Leicester, which we had to battle, mm-hmm. we had to fight, we had to do all that. So um, I was used to that. I just wasn't used to it at that. Yeah, yeah. Time because I thought it was going to be nice tippy time, <laughs> but that went out the window <laughs> as well. You know, you you hit you hit the channels and chase the ball, yeah. and then the game gets stretched, and that's when you get your bit of time to yeah. actually pass the ball. You can't keep you can't play it in that first five minutes because you know they're going to be at it. Yeah. First five, ten, fifteen minutes. After twenty minutes, it will settle down. Yeah, uh, something so, touching on something you just said um, about being twenty-two and you know that low senior pros makes me realise you're only twenty-six when you left Liverpool. Mm-hmm. That should be when a striker's hitting their peak. Mm-hmm. So how was it feeling when the club did decide to part with you? Um, it was what it was. What it was what it was. Um, I think Rick Parry came to me and said that they'd signed um, Cisse. I said that's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I still got a year left, um, but I'll fight for my place. No problem. Because um, I'd always done that. It's not a problem for me. But then he said, "No, no, no. You, you, we've we've accepted a deal from from Birmingham. Uh, you can go and have, go have talk to them. Um, you won't play if 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 um, when because says coming. I said, all right, cool. When you when uh, when someone tells you you're not going to play, yeah. then you know your time's up. If you if they tell you, yeah, you you can stay here and fight for your place. Cool for that. Yeah. But when someone says, oh, you're not going to play, you're like, oh, okay, that's that's time to go and mate with Steve Bruce. Everything felt fine and." In all fairness, I was back going back down to the Midlands, which I thought was right. Um, and yeah, went there. Was that a bit of a strange one with Liverpool between managers at the time? Your no, side? they weren't actually. Julio was still manager. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And then the week after, I think, uh, after I'd signed, um, um, uh, he got sacked. Yeah. yeah. And you told us about your biggest regrets. Well, that, that I wouldn't say it's a regret. At the end of the day, I, I, I did. I moved on. It wasn't yeah, a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they won the Champions League after, yeah, <laughs> after yeah. that, the season after, which was you know I was watching it and it was great. Is that a weird one as well? Like the fact it was Rick Parry who said you're not going to play when the club were obviously thinking about changing managers, mm. and then you see the new manager come in. Cisse breaks aside, barely plays. He switches to a four-two-three-one formation, which arguably suits your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, uh, when we, I was on international duty, and he's, and is it Guillaume Balligan? Yeah. Uh, said, said to me, "You should have stayed. You should have stayed." Um, uh, um, Benitez loves a loves a target man. Loves a number nine. I said, "Well, I've already signed now. What can yeah, I do?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you Did you speak to your old teammates about Benitez? Is he someone that you think you would like to have worked with? I've, I never spoke to them about that, to be honest with you, but. Um, Seeing how he got the best out of uh, players and 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 the the work that I put into during training and during matches and everything, I don't see it would have been a perfect fit. To be honest, I didn't say why it wouldn't work. Yeah, and you look at the players that he did bring after that, like Morientes came mm-hmm. in as a target man, Peter Crouch. Mm-hmm. You you would have probably been the first choice striker. Um, yeah, well, I'd have been in, in and amongst that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, to work alongside the others, others, and and my hold up players just as good as anyone. So, yeah. Did he try and sign you back at some point? No, no. Uh, Two thousand five final. Where did you watch it? Can you remember? Remember where and what <laughs> I was? You I was. I was actually um, in the Caribbean, and I was on the plane on the way back. <laughs> Richard Branson was there as well. He was on the plane Virgin. Yeah. There are all of us. Um, so uh, he was on the plane on the way back as well, and he was giving me updates on yeah. on, on what the score was. That 
Oh, so that must have been mad. So you yeah. hear that the three 0 down. Yeah, 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 like, no. oh, don't yeah. tell me no more. <laughs> don't come back here. And you see him coming towards your seat again. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking, oh no, it's four 0 Yeah, yeah. No, but it, it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, that would have been such a roller coaster, and, and that's football for you. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I'm go, going back. Sorry, can I go back to oh, yeah. uh, the five one? So. Um, <laughs> a fan came up to me and goes, oh, you know, oh, 5-1, I remember it. I was in this pub, blah, blah. No, I was at home, actually, he said. I was at home with my family, blah, blah. And you went 1-0 down. Could have gone 2-0 down. Blah. So my dad just got up and went. He left and went to the pub. Didn't didn't watch any more of it. And then, uh, and then obviously, you won. He says, so I rang him up and goes, dad, 5-1. Yeah, we lost, didn't we? <laughs> no, we won. He's like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but the, the the emotions that go with, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. I know I, I, probably some Liverpool fans would have left. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then to <coughs> to end up winning the game, get, coming back and winning the game on penalties, just something crazy, isn't it? Did you watch, so Barcelona, Madrid. Oh. Barcelona, yeah. you must have thought, yeah, we all thought that was dead yeah, and buried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, the thing is as well, you don't, you, you never know with um, European nights. At Anfield, you just don't know because they're just special nights. And again, they people talk about twelfth man, and but they do. They, they they give you that more energy. Yeah, you might you might not play for another three days because you can't walk after <laughs> that. But you you'll give that much more. And you know, you look at it. That's what they did. Be there? Did, did no, nah, I watched it on telly, and yeah. yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, and like we've been talking the whole way through how football has changed in the past mm-hmm. twenty years. Like you're that. I suppose similar when you have the strikers change, but uh, it's quite topical at the moment. Some things haven't changed. Uh, racism's in the headlines mm-hmm, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Romelu Lukaku last night, and um, we've had Rashford, Tammy Abraham, uh, Marshall. Did you have any experience with that during your career? What oh, yeah, you think of that? yeah. Um, during your career, growing up a lot. Um, during the career was mainly when you're playing for the national team and you're going to, uh, we had it in Slovakia, I think it was. Uh, we had it in Croatia as well. So one in Spain as well, a really bad one. Um, like Phillips, I, don't, that, that, uh, that, I don't think I was in that one. Um, had it with the 21s. Uh, we were playing, we were actually playing Yugoslavia at the time. Was it Yugoslavia or Serbia and Montenegro? Might be Serbia and Montenegro. Um, Kesman was playing because I think it was when they, yeah, yeah. when they broke up yeah. and then they obviously broke up again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we had it then. And... To be honest, with you, I can't see I can't see it changing because there's no punishment to, mm. for anyone saying anything or doing anything. You know, you can go on like we. I think Harry Maguire said it about being on the platform and not knowing who it is, and you don't have to give any idea or anything. You don't have to disclose anything, but you can say whatever you want. Mm. So you have that. You, you, we have that problem. Um, I don't think it, education wise, we we will be. You'd only see the benefits probably. 20, 30 years down the line. So unless we start, unless we start now, you won't see it for another 20, 30 years. So uh, I can't see where we're going to go with it as such. Um, it's not a football problem mm-hmm. because I had it when I was a kid and I, was no, I wasn't playing football. Mm-hmm. So it's not a football problem. We have a society problem mm-hmm. that I think it's, all right, or it's okay to say this and that about someone's race, colour, creed, whatever, religion. Um, it's okay. Um, but it's an educational problem, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, moving on then. Well, thoughts of Klopp's Liverpool. Um, do you, how much do you enjoy watching this team? Oh, love it. How much How much of a good job has he done at Liverpool? He's done an amazing job, to be honest with you. You know, um, 
yes, he spent money, but you have to spend money to get to where you want to get to. But uh, philosophy-wise, his philosophy and everything, he's up there with the best of them. Uh, you'd say Pep's is probably the best and his is probably just uh, alongside that. Um, attacking football, playing football on the front foot, closing people down, real energy in your play. And it gets fans up off their seats. They want to see that play. They want to see it, you know, see see people having a go and and, and showcasing what they can do. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him. Uh, I, he's a manager that I would have loved to have played for yeah. um, because you see the lads really enjoying their football. And, and when you're enjoying your football, it's a case of that's where you that's when you play your best football. Um, now, uh, Legends games, uh, Liverpool play them quite regularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's an opening up front. Robbie's in Australia. All those guys' little cameo appearances now uh, in Russia's turn to punishment. Are we going to see you in a Legends game anytime soon? Yeah, why not? Um, uh, I need to lose a couple of stone and then I'll be okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, why not? Uh, I, do, I do love putting on the boots every now and again. Don't move as sharply as I used to, but yeah, still up there, still up top, so... Have you kept on a track of the, some of the games that Liverpool playing? They're yeah, they play some. Good, yeah, they play some. Yeah, they play some great games. To be honest with you, wasn't there? Wasn't there one in Singapore or? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I saw the. I saw the. Um, I got some friends in Singapore who are actually Liverpool fans, and they would. Keep, they keep me, keep texting me and t- telling me the <laughs> score and everything. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I do keep. I do keep a, in, aware. I'm aware of what's going on. And you're still in touch with any of the lads from that era. Yeah, look, I, I still do the LFC TV every now and again. Uh, I did it recently. Um, I'll be going on again, end of the month. Um, so yeah, I do. I do keep in touch that ways, and yeah, yeah. So you on Sky Sports a bit now? Do you enjoy the, the media work? Yeah, look, it's, it's it's something that I'm getting used to and trying to trying to trying to delve into a little bit more. Just get, get getting getting myself out there a little bit more. It's it's it's, it's good to talk about football and give my aspect of things and mm-hmm. how I thought things go or how I think things should be going. Um, but yeah, it's getting, it's getting the opportunity to do it. Um, it's tough at times because you've only got a little, a little bit of time to actually get <laughs> your point across and you've got to get it over quick, very quickly. So the fans and, and everyone, whoever's watching understand what you want, what you're wanting to say. But yeah, it's, it's good. Coaching management ambitions. Um, I did a little bit of Bolton. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, I've I've recently been offered to go down to Mansfield mm-hmm. to to help out just once a week, twice mm-hmm. a week, just to help out out down there, just to 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 whet my appetite a little bit and mm-hmm. see what that, that's all about. Um, again, it's getting the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, we can all say that we want to do something. Mm-hmm. Again, it's getting the opportunity to do something. Um, I spoke about it uh, in a, in, a, in an interview recently, talking about. Um, and getting my badges and stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't mind getting my badges, but why am I going to get badges if I don't if I don't get the opportunity to actually do it? Mm-hmm. So you look, I can I can get the opportunity to do it and then do my badges after or while I'm there because mm-hmm. there's no real push to do it straight away. So yeah, if I if I if I get in anywhere and um, and I see that it's there, there's progression within it and I'm real progression in it. I'll take up everything. Uh, quick fire round now. Go on. Yeah, you can you can do them all, Theo, to make it nice and quick. Okay, best three goals. Uh, England five um, one. Um, uh, Everton away. Uh, I think it was that game. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we spoke about, and I think Birmingham at home over Edkin. 
that was a yep. brilliant one. <laughs> Best match. Uh, the uh, for Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, that game where McAllister the three to where McAllister scores at death. Um, Over the finals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, best Liverpool player in training. Uh, between between uh, Vladimir Smitsa and Paddy Berger. Uh, best right. friend at the club. Peggy Offexes was. He came with me from Leicester, so um, I'd had him for Leicester for three years and then got him at Liverpool for three, two. Favorite memory. Um, just just the winning all them trophies uh, uh, in in the two thousand two thousand one and scoring goals that season, and the fans shouting my name. <laughs> Worst memory. Worst memory probably leaving. Um, yeah, probably wasn't ready to go, but you know you've got to you, when your time's up, it's up. And will Liverpool win the league under Klopp? Yes, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to. That was yes. It's a nice positive way to end. Yeah. Emilaski, thanks. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you for having much. me. Cheers. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.